0: As you've been hearing in the news, a lot of cancelled ferry sailings between the mainland and Bowen Island on the weekend. Joining us to talk about that and how that seems to have kind of reignited the debate over a planned park and campground on the island is Andrew Leonard, who is the mayor of Bowen Island. Thank you so much for taking some time today. Thank you so much for having me here. I want to start with the ferries because I think it surprised a lot of people when news got out. We saw that all of the sailings between Horseshoe Bay and Bowen Island were cancelled on Saturday afternoon. What happened there?
1: Um, yeah, I'd like to say that it's surprising. However, it's starting to feel less and less surprising as this is, I think, the fifth event or the third or fourth event that we've had like this in the last number of months. And I just I find it so disappointing that on a weekend, when D.C. Ferries is sending out press releases that boast about 100 additional sailings between the mainland and Vancouver Island, and it's Bowen Island, and um, our much smaller boat, which has to st- shoulder their staff shortages. So we had residents trapped on the mainland, and we had hundreds of tourists trapped on the island, and uh, we were scrambling— to deal with this um, overnight influx on an island of 4,200 people with no hotels. You had people sleeping in their cars. People uh, um, had to leave vehicles behind. People were confused. And, you know, I have yet to uh, uh, hear anything from B.C. Ferries, let alone an apology.
0: Uh, we certainly reached out to BC Ferries and were told, keep your eye on Twitter and the latest information will be there. That was specifically talking about the other problems they're having is which with their website, the phones and the app today. So uh, some mm-hmm. other issues there as well. Uh, like you said, though, this isn't the first time that this has happened. But the scope of this, that all of the sailings were cancelled that afternoon, has it, has it been that much, uh, that big of a cancellation before?
1: Yes, absolutely. So previously, just a couple of months ago, uh, in the winter, when it was snowing, we had a half day of ferries cancelled on a Friday afternoon, which left all of our high school kids, which go to the mainland to attend high school. They were trapped on the mainland. We had contractors and um, uh, workers who needed to get off the island. Uh, And on a Friday afternoon, all of the ferries in that second shift from the afternoon right through until the evening uh, were cancelled. And we were in the exact same scramble. And some of the commitments that BC Ferries made to us, um, as a result of that, in, in terms of communication and pieces that they were that they were going to take care of, uh, we're not met. So, you know we are incredibly frustrated on the island. We're see, being seen increasingly as a spot for tourism within the region. And we're not seeing um, some of these fundamental infrastructure pieces, which David Eve, our premier, calls the ferry network, the um, the Marine highway uh, uh, system. You know, this system to Bowen Island is starting to feel unreliable, starting to feel like it's crumbling and it needs some investment um, almost immediately to ensure reliability of service for uh, residents who are so close to the mainland that it feels like uh, public transit for us.
0: Have you gotten any answers from B.C. Ferries about why staffing shortages keep affecting this particular route?
1: Well, uh, we have not. So again, you know, I will point to their, their very rosy media releases, which, which touted extra service between uh, the mainland and Vancouver Island. And yet their smallest boat that's going to Bowen Island um, and is disproportionately affected by tourism, given the size of our infrastructure here. Uh, you know, we, didn't, we haven't gotten any help. And, and you know, resolving, <laughs> resolving things through Twitter um, uh, just isn't enough for us. So, so I'll, I'll have some very hard questions for BC Ferries in the coming weeks.
0: This is also raising a lot of questions about the planned campsite and new park on Bowen Island. Where is where are things as far as a final decision and the moving ahead with that project?
1: Uh, yeah, very challenging uh, uh, project, as I'm as I'm sure that you've heard uh, uh, in the media. There's been a lot um, going on about it. Much of the the deal. So, just as a bit of history, much of the, this deal for the park and for the rezoning was done in closed meetings by our previous council and and i'll add with unanimous support by that council um, which because it was closed i released the minutes of at the start of this term and it's it's you know created a very difficult process to steward we've got a passionate community they didn't know any of the details of the project um, that will significantly increase visitation to the island um, which has challenges given the ferry issues that we've seen so uh, the process right now we did First reading uh, a month ago. Uh, there's still a long way to go. There's two more read. So the bylaw process, as it unfolds, there'll be two more readings, a public hearing, um, and then uh, another reading for adoption on Bowen Islands End. And I know that Metro Vancouver still has two full phases of engagement and and uh, design to do. And there's studies that we've requested from them. There's information that we've requested from them. That our committees have requested from them. Um, so there's there's a, a uh, a long road ahead um, until all the details get sorted out.
0: When you talk about uh, the minutes and the details of this, and uh, and I think many people who have concerns about this project are also talking about that transparency. Why was it, do you think, that that we have now seen through a Freedom of Information request that some of the residents of Bowen uh, put together and and put uh, and shared with people? It really feels like a former councillor, a councillor by the name of David Hawking, and the developer. They were talking about. About this in private and working on this deal well before it was even close to becoming public knowledge
1: yeah so and and sorry what's what's the the question there
0: why was why do you think that happened or why was that being done if this is a project that's supposed to benefit everybody and is going to be such a great thing for the region which metro vancouver is touting it as why such secrecy
1: um yeah all I can say is, is made, and, and it's speculation on my part, so I can't really speak on the motivations of a of previous councilor or, or, or councillor. So there was, there was a stewarding or a connection made um, uh, for the land sale uh, by it appears, uh, you know, a, by former councillor Hawking, um, as well as the shareholder, and they made that connection with Metro Vancouver. Um, however, it was. Uh, also a long time so it was well over a year and a half ago where this did come before council so in the in the closed minutes that we released you would have seen that uh, metro vancouver did make a presentation in front of our council Um, our full council um, at the time uh, from the previous term was informed they did give unanimous support on multiple occasions and resolutions to transfer easements and parklands. so you know it was both um, former councillor hawking who It appears initiated the deal, but, you know, also it does appear that our previous council did go into this unanimously with um, uh, eyes fully open, but, you know, without the uh, support of the whole community. And this is what we've, we've seen, and this is what our new council is struggling to deal with as, um, you know, we immediately knew that this was going to be a hot button I- issue. We immediately took steps for transparency. We released everything that we had from closed meetings. We have not held um, any closed meetings on this issue. And um, we've just faced the music over and over and over again um, from our community, as well as, you know, seeking to, uh, you know, maintain our relationship with Metro Vancouver and keep the door open as much as possible for um, ultimately, what is 240 acres that is now um, in public hands uh, but the future of which is uncertain as all the details come out so there's there's a piece of process here which the process that got us here was not good at all and it was not and it was very opaque and very challenging to deal with Um, and you know right now it's really like well what does the project look like are there merits here Um, can some of these issues which maybe appear insurmountable at this point like transportation and transit and ferries can those be overcome um, and, and what does this mean for Bowen Island residents who see the island increasingly being used by um, tourists who uh, uh, you know have absorbed so much growth in terms of residents in the last um, Twenty years, and 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 it's really stressing our infrastructure.
0: Right, and if, and if you look at what happened on Saturday, and of course nobody wants to see a repeat of all the ferry can the sailings being canceled. But like you also said, it wasn't a huge surprise. This has been a problem, even mm. though people, if this project goes ahead, and people, uh, there's talk of shuttle buses, and people won't be driving. Obviously, there is going to be much more activity on Bowen Island. Imagine if something like that happened when that campsite and park was up and running.
1: Hmm yeah I, I i i do imagine it, and and i think many of our residents imagine because our residents being on bowen island is such a unique experience living on bowen island is such a unique experience it's absolutely beautiful here it is gorgeous we we you know love sharing but but to put it in the context what happened on the day that the ferries were canceled um you know, myself and another counselor, we were in Facebook groups, uh, you know, looking for accommodation for people, seeing who had free rooms in their house. We had um, uh, people volunteering rooms in our houses for people to stay. We had residents checking on people who were sleeping in their cars. So we can rally around these types of, of emergencies. But when they are foreseeable, and particularly in the context of a, of a park project that could bring up to 500 overnight visitors a night, um, you know, this, these are going to be issues that are foreseeable. And it's not like we can't plan for them, or it's not like infrastructure can't be built out to deal with it, but we need solid commitments and answers on that um, before any of that happens. So, you know, because if there's ever a situation where folks need to be evacuated from the island, if there's ever a situation where we can't get 500 campers off the island, let alone the people that are coming for weddings and uh, day hikes and coming to play golf, Um, Or coming to use, you know, one of the the 300,000 visitors a year to Crippen Park. I mean, these are all people that when the ferry goes down, it's like a highway has been washed out. And as a result, it's uh, we have our kind of come from away moment in the community where we've got to deal with it. And if it's going to happen on a regular basis, that's not something that we're up for.
0: Right. And Mayor Leonard, I'm curious as well, when you when you talked about some of the challenges, and is it also challenging in that you're dealing with Metro Vancouver, you're dealing as the mayor with a, a project and a plan that was, uh, the wheels were set rolling uh, long before uh, this project. Uh, this uh, current council was it was elected but i mean there's also there's a petition that i believe has more signatures on it than the voter turnout for the last civic election and these are signatures opposed to this project whereas metro vancouver is saying no no this is a great project for the entire region how do you as the mayor of bowen island reconcile those two things
1: um so i'm not so i, I believe the petition has has it doesn't have more than the voter turnout. I think that's more than half of the, of the, the voter turnout um, sitting at about 1300 signatures. And to be clear, um, and I don't want to speak for the, the petition or organizers, but there's a diversity of opinions there. There's there's folks that are in support of um, having a park, but with no camping, there's folks that are against any um, park development out there at all. There's folks that are kind of in the no unless camp. Um, so it's, you know, there's, there's a diversity of uh, diversity of opinions there um i don't believe that after the park project became public um and you know bone island is a very passionate community it has no problem letting its opinions be heard in uh, uh, detailed constructive and um uh fulsome ways uh, and that message was received by the metro vancouver board and its parks committee which i sit on uh, It was received by our new council um so i don't think anybody around the table, whether it's Metro Vancouver or, uh, or Bowen Island is, you know, thinking that this is, this is going to be, you know, a slam dunk, super easy project. Uh, I think some of the opposition and some of the concerns that our council has raised and our community has raised, uh, uh, have come to the fore and need to be addressed and, um, uh, need to be looked at and it's, it's, it will have slowed down the process, uh, significantly. So I don't think anybody right now is looking at the Cape Roger Curtis project, like it is easy, like it is a slam dunk, or that there's a, a tremendous, you know, a tremendous regional benefit. And it's worth remembering that Bowen Island is a part of the region. We are a part of Metro Vancouver and we are regional residents. So um, we have just as much a say and just as much a stake in finding um, a constructive um, win win scenario forward, uh, or, or it's just not going to work. Um, so that's really, that's really where we're at. I think there's concern on all sides. And um, that needs to be teased out and worked on and mitigated. um, And nobody as of yet has any idea what that's going to look like.
0: All right, Mayor Leonard, I'm sure we'll talk to you about this again, but we'll have to leave it there for today. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed your long weekend. Well, we started the show talking with the mayor of Bowen Island, Andrew Leonard, joined us talking about both the ferry chaos, uh, well, the chaos caused by cancelled ferries on Saturday, as well as the proposed park for that region, and that was that cancellation, I think, that kind of reignited that conversation. Joining me now to talk a little bit more is Michael Kale, who is a former Bowen Island councillor. Thank you so much for taking some time to come on the show today.
2: Uh, hello, Joe. Good afternoon.
0: I wanted to start with the fact that there were all of the ferry cancellations, and it sounded rather chaotic on Saturday afternoon. What are your thoughts on the fact that it was apparently a crewing shortage again that canceled those all of those sailings on late Saturday afternoon?
2: Uh, well, you're exactly right. I mean, that's that's what happened, Jill. It was uh, indeed a crew shortage. But, you know, we're no stranger to this, and, and nor some of the other Gulf Islands. We're no stranger. If you just look back over the last couple of months, uh, cancellations due to crew shortage far outnumber cancellations for technical reasons or any other reasons. We haven't had extreme weather. It's a short trip beto- between us and, and Horseshoe Bay. So, you know in a way this is nothing new it just came to a really a, a serious point uh, this weekend uh, and it drew extra attention to a situation that's been existing for, for some long while
0: it also drew some more attention, I think, to the ongoing debate and the discussions that are taking place about the proposed parks so when it comes to uh, Roger Curtis Point and the idea of the park. And specifically, I think what people are, are, well, there's a lot of concerns, but there is a lot of concern as well about the amount of camping in that park. I mentioned that you're a former councillor with Bowen Island. When did you first learn about this or did this start to to come to the surface that this was even even being discussed?
2: Well, no. Uh, this, this was being discussed in 2022. Uh, please remember uh, that this is a direct purchase between Metro Vancouver and the sellers. They didn't need council approval to buy this piece of land. This is this is a straight buyer-seller acquisition. Um, Metro Vancouver being the buyer, the sellers being the sellers, and they went ahead and they sort of working on uh, the process of buying this land. So we we were very much a third party to this, uh, and uh, so but certainly aware that this situation was being discussed and in twenty twenty two.
0: And at the point at that time, though, when, when that private sale was taking place, did you have an, any, any idea or was it made public that the idea was going to be not only to preserve this land and to to keep it, but to also perhaps open it up as a campground, uh, something that would have, uh, I, I think the number went up to, was it 100 or more campsites?
2: 100 a a hundred campsites. Well, you raise an extremely... Valid point, Jill, and, and probably a very difficult one. What, what one was aware of and what one wasn't aware of is something I have in hand at the moment as an ex-counselor because I have an application in front of the present council to meet with their legal team, to meet with their legal advisers, because of information handed to me under the Freedom of Information Act which, which gives me the greatest of concern on this very subject. And as I say, I'm hoping to hear tomorrow that I will be able to meet with Council's legal, legal advisors to see where we're going to take that information. That information, by the way, was widely circulated on Facebook, so it's no secret here on the island. And uh, we'll just simply have to see where that goes and... I'm assuming I'm going to get access to legal counsel here on Bowen Island. Uh, If not, Jill, I think we'll be talking some more in the future.
0: Right, and uh, I know uh, the information you're talking about, this was a, a freedom of information request that was shared uh, quite widely with that group. Uh, that group has allowed me, as a member of the media, to to be part, uh, to at least see and to, to look at some of that information. Can you tell us a little bit, or even explain, what stands out to you as points of concern when you look at uh, the, there were a lot of emails that were released from that, the information that you saw?
2: I, I suppose what stands out to me is I'm sitting there as, as a member of council, just as the present council is and past councils and future will do. And it's not till later on that I realize that on a subject, I should be pretty current, there are conversations going on that I'm unaware, unaware of. So I think I was searching, Is okay, so what do I do now? This information was, was brought to me by very concerned members of this community. So I'm saying, okay, what is the correct thing to do? So I've made application to meet with, uh, with our, our current uh, council's legal advisors, and I hope to get an answer tomorrow that that access has been granted so we can take the proper procedural go forward and then... It will be their responsibility having seen, having seen what you've seen and probably everybody on the island has seen. And then they're going to have to take it forward and make their own inquiry. But I, I promise you something, Jill, that that is something which I am going to know about. It's one thing to not to know in the first instance, but I can assure anyone who's listening that's, that's just not going to happen again.
0: And why the legal counsel? Why, why specifically the legal advisor, or sorry, the legal advisors to the council rather than, say, the current mayor and councillors? Um, well,
2: I wrote to the current mayor and councillors and I've explained to them in writing what it is I want. I've been asked to actually to explain, which is a little odd, but I've been asked to explain what exactly what it is I want to address with the legal counsel. So they're fully in the picture. They are, I wrote to them first. They they were my first point of contact uh, requesting this meeting. So we'll see where it goes, Jill, where we really will. The ball is firmly in their court at the moment.
0: Right. And for you, what are your concerns with the plan or with the proposal for this park and campsite the way it stands right
2: now? Well, all right. This is an interesting one, because if you just if we all just stand back for a minute just stand back and, 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 and have a look at what we've actually got here. We've got uh, Metro Vancouver have parted with $40 million, and they have bought, they have now actually owned, 79 hectares or 240 acres of, of very beautiful land here on Bowen Island. It happens to be also at the furthest part of Bowen Island. So when you're looking at concerns... Here you've got a, a facility which could have 100 campsites. It's going to attract a lot of people. However you slice and dice it, this is going to attract a lot of people. First obstacle that's going to come is highly challenged ferry service. I'm not throwing rocks at those excellent ferry people. That Horseshoe Bay terminal is so past repair, it's not true. I have every empathy with the good people working with BC ferries, the, the, the actual physical terminal is a, is a sad place. So not only challenged access, but you've then got to get these good people right across the island. Now anyone who knows this island well knows it. this is a small very rural road and as yet, although started, we don't have separate bike lanes it, 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 for the majority of it. Cars and bikes all come together. That's That's pretty unhealthy, but still we've got to get these people through and one of the things that will the, the first group that will talk to you is a, a, there's a lovely area there called Tunstall Bay, at the entrance to the park. They're having their their lo, little their location gutted by an access of tra- excess of traffic steaming through their homes, turning a, a quiet residential area in, into a highway. So there's a major concern, and of course. It goes without saying, doesn't it? the the biggest the biggest concern, once you've got people across, I don't know how you're going to do that. Once you've got people across, is fire. I I I i, I listening to the news this morning. One of your colleagues was talking about the regional parks being closed in Alberta. It, it goes without saying, I think, that beside our overwhelmed ferry service, we've now got a, we have an excellent volunteer fire service. Trouble is, Jill, we don't have any water to put the fire out. Right. I don't know whether you know. I mean, what are we going to do? Get a gigantic hairdryer or something and blow it out?
0: I'm not uh, sure that would uh, work in that scenario, but I, I get what you're saying there about those concerns, and I've certainly heard the the issues of traffic of fire uh, brought up before. I'm curious, though, because I was under the understanding that while you were on the Bowen Island Council, did you not at some point in the earlier days of this support this park?
2: Yeah, uh, it, it, in the in the earlier days, and this is this is a conversation half reported. Um, it's like sort of the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Well, you don't have the whole truth, but it's partly truthful. Absolutely. At the time, there was a very open conversation, which we thought was a two-way conversation, which I'm now far from sure, uh, about the, th- there is a value. People people value this part. This is a very special part of the island. And I can understand why people, ourselves included, were excited to have this preserved for posterity, as as a place of recreation uh, for, for 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 the island, I, definitely that was part of it. And and years ago, the in our OCP uh, sort of walk-on camping was was part of it. It was, but it was never contemplated at the time to be uh, for a hundred campsites. So the whole thing has grown out of proportion. And I'm not convinced, having spoken only last week to the seller, that originally um, camping was actually part of the deal. And I am confused as just to how important it is or it isn't to Metro. Because if it is important, then I'm sorry. That's another discussion. Um, So, Jill, uh, confusion reigns here while we try to sort out just how important is camping? Because here we've got 1,300 people who've sound, signed a petition which basically says to Metro, go fold your tent.
0: Hmm. I, I, but, but just to be clear, I thought that you had voted in, in favour of the resolution, in favour of this project with, with the 100 campsites.
2: Well, the, the, that part of the discussion is absolutely true. At that time... That time, that was part of an ongoing discussion, and that's the one, of course, everybody likes to wave up at us. Mm, Okay. It's not, not discussed. What is not discussed is all the concerns and all the objections and all the things that Metro would have to do to actually get permission for this, including probably a new entrance to the park, including completing the across- uh bowen um, cycle path which would have to be done which adjoins the roadway because it's simply not safe to bring a whole ton extra uh, cyclists along there so it was part of a much bigger conversation but to that extent you're absolutely right it, it was it was deemed to be part of the conversation
0: Right. So where do you see this? And I get you're saying that you're hoping to meet with the legal advisors. We have this opposition. Do you think if the camping was taken out of this plan, would it get more support? Or or like you say, there are so many issues with infrastructure. And and, uh, I'm familiar with the island. I'm sure a lot of listeners are. It is that two lane road. You're going through residential neighborhoods to get to that part if it wasn't changed. I know they've talked about, oh, everybody would be on a shuttle bus. That seems like a bit of a pipe dream. Uh, So where does it go from here?
2: Yeah. Thank. You. And by the way, I'm glad that you're, you're familiar with the with the island because that makes this conversation a little easier. In as much as uh, your question is, if uh, camping was, if you like an exclu- excluded uh, activity, that would help enormously uh, the conversation. That would take a lot of heat off things because. People are not necessarily so opposed to the provincial park in itself. Certainly not opposed to the preservation of this wonderful piece of land. Turn the subject to camping, and, and you're going to get a totally different approach for, from people who live here. And as I as I said, I, I mean that is a big no. And if it could, uh, if it was removed, that would be super helpful. That would be a very excellent diplomatic start to future negotiations.
0: All right. Well, Michael, I uh, hopefully uh, we will talk to you again and uh, have updates on this as we know more about things moving forward. We'll have to leave it there for today, though. I appreciate so much you taking the time today. Thank you.
2: Delighted, Jill. Thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye now.